Welcome to the Jazz Notes podcast. I have with me Jack from the Hard Hitting Podcast. Uh, we talked about it last the last game about how he's going to join us. We're pretty much going to go over the past quarter of the season from from then until now. About eighteen games we have played, nineteen now with the Jazz, and we're going to go over our preseason guesses, how the standings look right now, and then uh, Jackson going to go over the Eastern Conference since he's over there in the Boston area. Um, and then I'm going to kind of take charge of the Western conference, even though not really following everyone, but the jazz, and then he's going to go over what he saw with his favorite team, the Boston Celtics. And I will go over the Utah jazz, kind of the final of what I saw so far and give the quarter, uh, ABC notes, the best three players of the jazz that I've seen so far this quarter. So without further ado, Hey Jack, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a little about, about yourself and, and uh, tell us about your podcast as well, uh, so people can know where to go, research you, and also follow you on Instagram. Yes, sir. So thanks for having me, James. I appreciate it. Uh, excited to be here. So my name's Jack. I'm one of the co-hosts of the Hard Hitting Sports Podcast uh, with my co-host, Jordan Lowby. He unfortunately couldn't be here today. Uh, he works seven days a week, so pretty big grind for him. Um, but Jordan and I started this podcast a little over a month ago now. So we're only on episode six, but um, we talk everything NBA, NFL, MLB. Right now, it's mostly been a primarily football focused podcast just due to the nature of what season we're in in January. But we're hoping to get more into the NBA, more into baseball as the NFL kind of hits the Super Bowl and, and goes into the offseason. Um you know, in terms of, of Instagram, Twitter, I need to pull it out. We were a few different things on Twitter. We are um, at the hard hitting pod on Instagram. It's hard underscore hitting underscore podcast. Um, actually, and I think I messed that up. It's actually, nope, I got it right. And then, um, so those are our two um, social media platforms. We're not on Facebook yet, but we probably will we'll find a way to, to sneak on there as we start to diversify who listens to the podcast, but um, we're happy to be here. Or I'm happy to be here. I should say I have Jordan's preseason predictions in front of me. And I do have a few notes on some of his favorite teams as well over out here in the East. Oh, nice. Well, that, that's great to see you uh, kind of study up or get his opinions too, and kind of share the whole broad aspect that people will come to expect to listen to your podcast. Um, I, I love your guys's podcast. I think I've listened to every single episode so well, far. Definitely. I, I think there's only been one, but that's because I've been ca- playing catch up. I think I found you guys around episode five or six. Probably. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the main thing I like about you guys most is one, you're unbiased. Um, you're very true. Even though you have your prejudices, as far as what teams you like the most, you're still abruptly honest about uh, how they perform. And, and I'm this, I feel I'm the same with the jazz. I know I get mad when they should have won games and we'll call people out uh, on the jazz uh, team that what they need to improve on and also your chemistry with you, you two working together is also a big plus um, yeah yeah we were um so for those of the those of you who don't know we Jordan and I were like sweet mates roommates in college for two years we were friends our freshman year then sophomore junior year we decided to live together senior year we just he kind of I ended up going in a different direction but we, we were still close we live now 20 minutes away from each other even though he's from long island originally he just happened to come back up to the massachusetts area so um you know we watched the nfc and afc championship games together we're, we're trying to do more and more i know it's tough with covid but 
um you know where it it's good it's he, he's a good guy like i said he couldn't be here today he works seven days a week so it's tough for him but um he's very dedicated as well so it's it's awesome to to be working alongside him yeah for sure working seven days a week and you guys still get together and and be able to do this podcast and all that it's just a uh, great great strength you know in your relationship as well and you can really hear it on on audio i just listen to audio i don't know if you do much visual (laughs) we haven't yet we haven't yet we're trying to get there but mostly just been mostly just been the voice recordings and the podcast but but we're we're working on it Yeah. Yeah. It's the same way. I am like, I don't think anyone wants to see my ugly mug for 30 minutes. So <laughs> I haven't even tried. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, if you don't mind, cool. go ahead and start sharing. Uh, I, if, uh, I know you did your top 12, not conference. Yeah. When I first heard it, I thought you did conferences and you <laughs> put, the, and I'll just, I will talk about it afterwards about what I thought until you corrected me. And I went back and listened to the podcast. Sounds so. good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I actually, so I have my top 12, I have my whole 30, but I figure for sake of time, I can list what my top 12 were and what Jordan's top 12 were, if that's what that works for you. Yeah, that's what um, I so was, this was doing too. Cool. All right. So preseason, I had Bucks one, Lakers two, Clippers three, Nets four, uh, Nuggets five, Celtics six, Heat seven, I had Portland Trailblazers up at eight, uh, 76ers nine. Mavericks, I had number 10. Jazz, I had 11. And then the Rockets, I had 12. Um, Jordan had Lakers, one. Bucks, two. He had the Heat up at three. Sixers at four. Celtics at five. Clippers at six. Mavericks at seven. Jazz at eight. Nets at nine. Tenth, he had the Raptors. Eleventh, the Nuggets. And twelfth, he had the Rockets as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was crazy when I heard you guys first talking about the 12 and, and you both had the Rockets right away. Yeah, I was like, man, and that's, that's chemistry. And then after that, your list were completely, it was completely different. <laughs> other different. than that though, he had, I, the only other different like top 12 team, I had the Blazers and he had the Raptors and I actually had the Raptors. I have them, I had them at 14. I said playing in Tampa was going to be a little bit tough for them. And so far yeah. it's kind of shown a, that that's been tough for them and losing losing guys like Gasol and Abaka, Aaron Baines isn't really making up for them out th- out there. Yeah, and, and I also thought they weren't going to perform that well last season anyways. I think they surprised a lot of people. They did, and, yeah. And so it's it didn't really surprise me too much that to see the struggle because that's, I guess, what we expected last season and whatever's happening is happening. Um, let's go over my top 12. I'm not going to do them in order like you have because I broke mine up in East and West, of course. So, uh, so my top five uh for the east is uh number one bucks two 76ers three miami <laughs> four nets and five boston and then uh this top seven which would around in my 12 for the west was lakers number one denver number two utah as our number three team mavericks as number four clippers number five trailblazers six and our my seventh was uh the suns so that was my top 12 so far. So let's get into what the top 12 in the league is actually right now, uh, starting with, oh, they don't have the numbers for me. So, you need the standings? I got them in front of me. Uh, yeah, I got the standings. I just had to count where number 12 was. <laughs> On my phone, it doesn't have it. So gotcha. number 12 right now is Phoenix, uh, Memphis at 11, which is you know a surprise, and we'll get into that. Uh, Indiana. I keep on saying Indianapolis because of the Colts, but Indiana 
yeah. goes to number 10. Then it goes Denver and San Antonio tied at number eight. Boston, then the Milwaukee Bucks. Brooklyn is moving up. They're at number five right now. Los yeah. Angeles is surprisingly number four with, uh, or actually they're tied number three with the 76ers, but 76ers is number three because they just beat them. Uh, then the Clippers are number two and the Utah Jazz are number, Jazz one. number one. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. 11 in a row <laughs> 11 in a row uh just just loving it of course we'll get into the whole thing at the very end about how how well the jazz have been performing and what have i i've seen so far so if you want to start leading off uh the eastern conference teams and we were talking about our top five surprises i don't know if you got jordan's um you're full yeah feel free to share with whatever jordan so has I, to say as well yeah i ended up just doing my own jordan didn't have too many to add but i have a, like a few notes on some of his teams so i guess um you know do you want to go one for one I'll, I'll go one team you go or one surprise you go one surprise or yeah. you want me to go all five i can go all so everyone doesn't have to hear my voice for 20 straight minutes <laughs> <laughs> yeah perfect no it's it, cool it's, build the chemistry right <laughs> cool 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 yeah so um for i guess one of my surprises in this one shout out to jordan for this um is the 76ers i, I know we had that we both him and i both had them high on our power rankings you had them pretty far up there but they're number one in the east right now and they're number <laughs> three tied for third in the nba so doc rivers doing great things i, I said at the beginning that's why i had them as high i mean i had them at nine i think if he wasn't the coach i probably would have had them back down at like the six or seven seed again this year but doc rivers is doing his thing, showing why he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. Uh, Joel Embiid is honestly maybe the one of the front runners for the MVP, at least Eastern Conference MVP. He's definitely up there. It's either him or Durant, maybe Jalen Brown. Um, but Embiid has a career high in points per game, free throw attempts per game, free throw percentage, field goal percentage, and he leads the league in player efficiency rating, which I think is is great for him. He's, you know, there's been a lot of critics lately of him, especially come playoff time. I know, like you said, this is only a quarter into the year, but, um, you know, he's having a huge year, putting up huge stats. Tobias Harris, career high in field goal percentage. He's having a career high in player efficiency rating. Um, almost 20 points a game, 19.9 points a game. And he's shooting 47, almost 47% from three, which is awesome. Um, and you see that with that team last year. They played the Celtics in the first round, got swept. Obviously, they didn't have Simmons, but... Uh, they have depth now this year. They have Danny Green. They have Dwight Howard, two guys who won a championship last year. And Danny Green, back-to-back championships for him. Seth Curry, you know, great three-point shooter. He's not shooting lights out this year, but he he's definitely helping spread the floor. Ben Simmons doesn't need to be. He's only like their fifth leading scorer. His offensive numbers are down from last year, but he still he doesn't need to be that guy. He just needs to play, you know, solid defense, get steals, stop teams, point guards, um, and Shake Milton having a great great start to his season. Um, you know, having having those guys having that depth, I think is huge. It's it's what championship teams are built off of. We saw it with the Lakers last year. They had the one two punch of AD and LeBron, but having those guys, Green, Howard. Uh, even Kuzma wasn't terrible. Alex Caruso, guys like that coming off the bench is huge. So uh, I think Philly, just in terms of where they are right now, a lot of people had them, you know, two, three, four, maybe maybe five um, in the East, and they're, they're number one right now. So as I've said on my podcast multiple times, though, we'll see what happens in the playoffs for them. 
Yeah, and I, I think for sure the 76ers seem to really settle down after J- the James Harden trade and with yes. Ben Simmons being extremely rumored about going to Houston in that trade. So I think that helps out a lot to know that that's off the table now. Um, that's not going to happen. And also with Doc Rivers probably going in there and setting egos down, you know, he's worked with superstars pretty much his whole entire coaching career going in there. And we know there's that big Ben Simmons, uh, Joel Embiid riff because mm-hmm. I think the mindset was, uh, there's two superstars. Who's who's the leader of the team? I think he went in there and established the, the definitive. This is your role on the team. That's it's not about who the leader is. It's about what your role is and are you accomplishing it. Ben, you don't have to score. You're the distributor, and Joel, you're our offensive threat. And I think that really settled them down and and really put them over the hurdle that they didn't have last season was that just definitive lines of what you are supposed supposed to accomplish as a team and Absolutely. yeah I, and i i told my buddy jordan my buddy jordan here <laughs> in utah uh uh that the 76ers are the jazz kryptonite because the reason why that is joel and b can shoot the three-pointer get rudy gobert off off the out of the paint and then it opens the lane for ben simmons which we yeah. all know he came in by a bucket at the three-point line no. but he is no. sure really good at driving and yeah. I think they're the kryptonite for the Jazz. So hopefully if the Jazz make it to the finals, not saying they will, but hopefully the 76ers don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it's really important for Philly to get that one seed. I know we don't know if there's going to be a bubble or not yet for playoffs, um, but I think it's important because their road record for years has always been way worse than their home record. I think they're 10 and one on the road at home this year, eight and one. Um, and the road record I'm looking at is four and five right now. So they definitely need to get one of those top seeds. And you see that you see it in years past, I think 2018, they won their first round series, lost to the Celtics Celtics at home court uh, two years ago, won their first round series against Brooklyn, lost to Toronto at on the seven game, obviously the, the shot heard around the world from Kawhi, you know, not, not too much you can do there, but they didn't have the home court advantage. So Philly's definitely a team that feeds off that home environment. So if they can get that one seed, that that's a huge step in the right direction for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can definitely see that. And it also goes into the confidence into going the off season too, is we're the best team going in here and we need to really settle down and, and show ourselves. So uh, my number five surprise was the Nets ability to win close games so far. Uh, we know that they have the three superstars, um, what, whatever, but um, they've won seven of their 13 games within 10 points of each other. They've lost more games than I thought they would so far, especially to like Cleveland uh, twice in a row, one to overtime. Mm-hmm. And, but their ability to, to win close games to not, it doesn't seem like they have this selfishness of, Hey, I have to shoot it. It seems like they're distributing the ball. Uh, there's one game, I believe or uh, Irving, he, he missed the, the last second shot. And then he didn't, he got the ball right away. Instead of trying it again, he gave it to Durant. To have yeah. Him I think it was that Bucks game. Yeah, I, I'm not too sure. I didn't it write was, it down or anything. I, no, I know what you're talking about. I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, it was that Bucks game where they were. It was going like back and forth the last two minutes on MLK Day. I want to say not to cut you off. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I mean, uh, it definitely the inside. Uh, I don't really remember, but it, it just really hammers down that ego of. Uh, I know James Harden going into the Nets really wanted to show that he is a team player, and I think he's been doing that so far. But at times, maybe doing it too much to hurt them when it comes to other games and losing some games that they should have been winning so far. But so far, you know, their ability to win those close games is very strong because if, if you can't win close games, you're not going to win a championship. So 
yeah um, that's one of my surprises yeah and just to go off that too that they're those close games too it's their offense that's been winning them hopefully for that for their sake if they can can figure out kind of that defense too that's just going to help them you know more and more down the line so they can beat teams so they don't have colin sexton's of the world just you know scoring 40 on them yeah i was listening to radio on that game i'm like he's on my fantasy team and i was really happy <laughs> yeah i was gonna say um i mean if you want me to go next i actually oh. have, have a colin sexton as one of my surprises cleveland's sitting at seventh in the in the east right now they've you know they beat brooklyn twice so that that's huge for them um, so I, I have Colin Sexton specifically. I don't really have too many stats on Cleveland themselves, but Colin Sexton. Um, so the league average for those who I don't look too much into analytics, but player efficiency rating, Colin Sexton's at 20.4. The lead if for per per you know basketball reference, league average is about 15. So yeah. Sexton's way above that. He's averaging career highs and pretty much everything, 24.6 points a game. Shooting 50% from the field for a guard is, is pretty good, I would say, yeah. especially when you're the number one option and you're going up against teams, probably best defenders uh, every night. I think that that's very impressive for a young guy, you know, 21, 22 years old, 43.9% uh, from three, which again, very high, very high number. Um, he's having a career high in free throw attempts per game, and he's averaging an assist and a half more than he did um, previous two seasons. So he's been huge. And that's coming too with Andre Drummond. Yes, he's having a career high in points per game, leads the team in rebounds, but he actually has a career low in field goal percentage for Drummond, which he's usually shooting. You know, usually he's one of the leaders. Um, it seems like just because he's he's not a three-point shooter, he's a back-to-the-basket kind of center, kind of like a traditional, you know, center. Yeah. So for him shooting, you know, as low as he is for the rest of the team, you know, they have, they have some role players there, but Sexton, I mean, I think he's an all-star great. He's been playing, he's been shooting lights out. He's scoring, he's dishing the rock. So on a team where there's not too many weapons, Kevin Love's been injured for a lot of the year. Yeah. So, and Drummond's not shooting super well. So um, I think Colin Sexton's the catalyst If Cleveland can, you know, sneak into the playoffs. I know there's 10 playoff teams this year. So if they can sneak in there, you know, you never know, even if it's, you know, give a team like Brooklyn, the Celtics, 76ers, give them some trouble, win a couple of games. You never know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that was my number one surprise was this, the okay. Cleveland success with Sexton, Drummond, um, and then their early, early success with Garland as well. Um, yes. You know, uh, getting that uh, Sexton uh, kind of nickname for both of them. And <laughs> they're also improved their bench as well with that Harden trade. Uh, they, they stocked very. up with Jared Adelin, just a very – very good defensive minded center and he's coming off the bench behind Drummond. So you're not getting any breaks on the inside when it comes to those two. So that was very smart of them to kind of reload as well. Um, I don't, I don't remember who they gave up as well as far as that trade. Uh, maybe you can look it up, but yeah, I'll look it up. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so no, they, they've really reloaded. Um, they have improved as far as um, Sexton comes last year, getting all the gruff that, they're upset that Cleveland never traded his pick and got some, some other strong all-star or whatnot, which doesn't make sense. I mean, they picked him at number two for a reason. You got to let someone shine up. It's, it's, it, it's really hard to have these players like LeBron James come in and have that instant success. And then from then on, it's like, Oh, every one, two, three, three pick needs to have that instant success. And we saw that with yeah. Markel Fultz with yeah. magic. You know, he was terrible with the 76ers. Oh, yeah. He got out of there and then he settled down with the magic. You know, he, apparently he lost the love of the game. Maybe he found it again. 
bummer he had that what he had ACL tear. AC, yeah, he tore his ACL a little bit earlier, unfortunately. But he he was a great attribute to the Magic's early success. So very much so. Yeah, yeah. So if you have that trade information, that's great. Ah, uh, yeah. So I got. So I mean, we don't have to go over the whole trade, but basically, yeah. the Cavs got Jared Allen, uh, Tor- Terian Prince, I believe is how you pronounce his name. I know you're good with those pronunciations. No, just, <laughs> um, just the Jazz players. Yeah, just the Jazz yeah. players, and then the rights to Alexander Vezinov, Vezinkov, uh, who was the 57th overall pick in 2017. Okay. Not really too sure. Probably Maybe someone he's playing overseas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, Jared Allen, I, I completely forgot about him, even though he's on my fantasy team. Yeah. Um, and I picked him when he was still on the nets, obviously. So he's been, he's been huge. Um, and, and the East is just kind of showing too, that there's a lot of, you need a big man. I mean, the Celtics struggled against, against Philly because they didn't really have too many people. Thompson hasn't been that great this year and we'll get into that later, but the East is showing that you need big men to win. It seems like because yeah. I mean, Philly now has Howard and Embiid, um, like I was saying, the Cavs, Drummond and Allen, um, and the, I mean the Magic have height with with Gordon Vucevic. They have you know, two seven footers. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um, and I'm, I'm drawing blanks, but I know there's other. T- I mean Milwaukee, Lopez, Giannis, Bobby Porter, like it's or Bobby Portis, I should say. But it's you, you need height in the East. It seems like now. Yeah. Yeah, and that'll, that'll get to my number four is the Knicks defensive juggernaut as well. So that was mine. That's, that's mainly thanks to coaches, Coach Thibodeau's like defensive mindset. But my question is, he rides his stars so hard during the season. I don't think the Knicks can keep this up. It's hard. I I, I think, and they they made, they embarrassed the Celtics when they played him. The Celtics <laughs> yeah. scored. Now, now, granted, it was Kemba's first game back. He looked pretty rough, and and Jason Tatum was still dealing with COVID and Jalen did his thing. I think Jalen had like 30 points, but the Celtics put up like 75 points to hole and we were all pissed, but then they, they gave up like only 84 to the magic there. They have, I think it's the number one. I was looking at the stats. I didn't have them as a surprise, but I think they're number one in, in points per game allowed or like least points are per they, game allowed. Yeah, they are. So it's, yeah, that's, a, that's a great point that you make. Any, anything else you have on the Knicks? <laughs> Nope, no, that's it. <laughs> they're the, they're um, my number four surprise. So gotcha, gotcha. Um, I guess one of my surprises. I do have a few negative surprises. I don't like mm-hmm. to be too negative, as you can tell on our podcast. We try to avoid the negatives as much as possible. But I did have um, Russell Westbrook and the Wizards. Um, yeah. I had them. I didn't have them in my top twelve, obviously, but I had them as a surprise team. I had them nineteenth in my preseason power rankings. I thought they were going to be like an eight nine seed. Um, and playing that like playing round uh, Westbrook specifically. And I love Russell Westbrook. I was kind of hoping at one point he may have come to the Celtics. I also do love Kemba Walker. They're probably my two favorite point guards in the league. Um, but uh, Westbrook 18.9 points per game, which is the second least amount of points in his career in a season since his um, second season in the league. Um, worst field goal percentage of his career, worst free throw percentage of his career. Lowest player efficiency rating, how I was saying earlier, 15's average. He's at 13.3, which is not very good when you're supposed to be the best or the second best player on on a team with Bradley Beal, (laughs) give or take. And it's weird, too, because he's still, you know, averaging almost a triple-double a game, but it's just his numbers aren't there on um, more analytics a little bit. There's the stat win share, where basically it's almost like, you know, how many quote-unquote wins you add to the team. He has a negative win share, but on the on the offensive side of the ball, uh, though, averaging a triple double. Crazy. His defensive one, he's like at like 0. 0.6 defensively and negative 0. 0.02 offensively, which is wild. 
Um, and that being said, it's because of his turnover percentage. He's averaging basically a turnover every five possessions. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't 20, really look the reason why they're struggling. Yeah. So it's, um, it's bad. I mean, That's I know really it's, yeah, he's <laughs> turning it over the wizards defense too. second most points allowed per game, second worst field goal percentage, fourth most free throws given up. So their defense too, it's, it's a defensive, you know, game. Like we all know. So and we know Beal isn't like the best defender, but I it's at three and 12 is a pretty bad no, record last way lower than what have. they should be. Yeah. yeah. They, like I said, especially in that, I know divisions aren't super important in basketball, but in a division where Miami's struggling, the Hawks are kind of on the up and up. The magic have been had their fair share of struggles. Mm-hmm. They really should not be sitting at three and 12 with, and with Bradley Beal doing what he's doing. A lot of people have him as an all-star starter. Like that's just ridiculous. Really? Yeah, no, he's uh, what number one in points per game right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're my number two. Uh, Wizards completely struggle with Beal and Westbrook in the lineup. Like, that's crazy. It's, yeah, uh, you don't think it. But my one question is do you support a Westbrook Rondo MMA bout? <laughs> I saw that last <laughs> night. So, and, and Rondo's one of my guys too, former Celtic, played yeah. here for close to 10 years, won a championship, almost two, and was the best player on. You know, yeah, it's two now. Early twenty ten, yeah. Right? yeah. Now with the Lakers, so that that was funny. I, I I can't say I'm surprised by either one of them. Yeah, just um, talkers. If I had yeah. to pick in a fight, I'd probably still pick Rondo though. If they if they actually do that, <laughs> yeah. He just he's like a quiet assassin almost. He doesn't say much, but when he does, everyone's just like, what the, the heck? Yeah, and he has that guy? look too. That you yeah, don't, you don't want to mess with him. No, but, I'm sure I'm sure KG taught him some tricks back in the oh, day. Oh, I'm sure because KG yeah. was uh he was he was a crazy one too, but obviously great basketball player both crazy yeah yeah (laughs) but i mean i i don't know what's going on over there again i don't watch much uh, other than jazz i mean but just looking over it just three and twelve is unacceptable i think for for their standards especially with westbrook when when uh durant left the thunder and paul george left for clippers the thunder were actually pretty good without those guys and with westbrook leaving the helm um, actually, no. Did he go to Houston or was he by himself for a year in OKC? Uh, he was. I think the year he won yeah. MVP, he was by himself. By and himself, then, and he carried think, that team. And they got, yeah, they they finished. I want to say fifth or sixth in the West that year. Yeah, so it, that that's what's surprising to me is uh, having someone out there. Yes, he's a stat packer or whatnot, but I mean, he gets it done and he's aggressive. Jazz fans don't really like Westbrook, but we don't really like anyone who expresses their emotion too much <laughs> yeah. uh, and he talks too much. And I think that's why the jazz fans don't like him, but um, th- same thing with Harden. He talks too much too. So we, we don't like him either. I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge Harden guy. And that's not just cause he went to Brooklyn. Just I'm, I'm not big <laughs> into him. Like I said, I don't like to hate on, on our show at all. We don't, no. we don't really hate too much, but Jordan and I both aren't huge. Yeah, but Jordan Jordan didn't want him on Philly. Jordan's a Philly guy or Philly fan. He didn't want him on Philly. I definitely didn't want him on the Celtics because yeah, before and that was before Jalen Brown started doing what he's doing this year. Like I was like, we're not trading Jalen Brown for Harden. Like no, yeah, that would be dumb. no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, it, I mean you can you can always hate on a player, but also recognize that they do have game and they have their attributes that they do bring to every single team. And uh, I guess my number, or my last surprise, which ended up being number three, uh, was Miami's early struggle. Jimmy Butler is out, but even with him in, they're only three and three. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going on with the Miami Heat with Robert Robinson and uh, it's tough. Arrow and all that. Yeah, um, 
yeah, they were they were one of mine I had on here too. So yeah, Butler's been out, um, only played six games. I think the injury bug or the COVID bug, I'm not sure which one. I don't follow the Heat too closely either. I think it's but both right now. Both, yeah. So I think I know Avery Bradley did have COVID because one of the Celtics games against them when Tatum had COVID, the game got canceled and everyone was like, well, the NBA is just favoring the Celtics. But it was also the Heat did have their fair share of COVID. So they kind of were like, let's just... Let's yeah. just cancel the game. But the only player who's actually played all 18 games, I was looking at the stats today, the only player who's played all 18 games, you want to take a guess? Uh, probably someone I don't even know. <laughs> no, it's not, you, you actually just mentioned Duncan Robinson. It's the only player Robinson, who's played all okay. 18 yeah. games. Um, Adebayo is still having a huge year. He's career high in points, um, rebounds, all that. He probably still is an all-star um, in, in, in this league and this year. He's one of the top centers, but – Bradley's you know Avery Bradley who's supposed to be kind of like Jay Crowder for them last year especially better defender he's only played in about eight games Tyler Hero you know he's averaging about 17 points a game which is a huge improvement he's still young still improving but he had his fair share Dragic has been kind of like off and on the court this year hasn't really done too much Um, what's really struggling for them is their offense they're 27th in points per game in the league 25th and three point percentage which is tough but on a team where you have a lot of guys who shoot Hero uh, Bradley, Dragic, Robinson, pretty much every Kelly Olynyk, pretty much everybody other than Adebayo shooting threes on that team, and to yeah. be 25th, that's that's tough. Um, and they're last in rebounds per game, which I thought was interesting because, like I just said, Adebayo is having a huge year, but really when he's off the court, there, there's nobody else to to box out. Kelly Olynyk's not a, a old no. school kind of grinded out center. You know, he he's out on the wing. He's he's shooting threes. He's you know defending on the perimeter. So. Um, yeah, he's tough, the kind of guy who pulls socket out of the shoulder, right? Yeah. <laughs> I I was actually at that game when he did that too. And I had no idea what really had happened. I was yeah. just kind of like, oh, Ke- Kevin loves out. Maybe the Celtics can like win a game in this series. <laughs> like I was like, oh, may- maybe. And then they got smoked. Yeah. No. That sorry, I had to say it. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. We we I I have nothing against Kelly. Um, yeah. Didn't obviously win anything here in Boston. Had a huge game seven. I want to say 2017 against the Wizards was probably his his fame. He yeah, had one the, game where he scored like 27 points or something. That was right before this. Uh, was that before the Cavs series? Right before it. Or, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was 2017. I think it was the first year Stevens made it, and the Celtic like that Celtics kind of group made it to the Eastern Conference Final. That was like it the year I, Isaiah Thomas had like 30 points a game, like. MVP yeah. was like an MVP candidate and then they traded for Kyrie. <laughs> yeah. Great move. Right. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any more surprises on the Eastern yeah, side? So the, the last one I had was another good one. I had the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have them. I had them. I know you had them probably kind of, Oh no, you didn't have them in your top five, but no. I had them. I want to say I had them 15th and I had them as one of my surprise teams. I thought again, they were going to get into the playoffs as like the eight seed. Um, right now they're sixth in, in the East. Um, really though, what kind of what I, what I had about them was just more so they're playing as a team. Trey young, you know, his numbers are a little bit down, but he's still, I mean, he's still averaging 27 points a game, 88% from the free throw line. Um, you know, as a team, uh, they lead the league in free throws made a game, which is huge and free throws attempts a game, which is huge means everyone's mm-hmm. distributing the ball, getting into the basket. Uh, the biggest difference for them really though, is their defense. Last year, they were the worst defensive team in the league. They gave up the most points this year. They give up, they're giving up, they're both actually 12th in both points allowed a game and points per game. 
So yeah. really it's, it's their defense is really what's been improving. Trey Young hasn't done anything crazy. Clint Capella definitely helps out on that defensive end. John Collins, um, Hurt or guys like that are all really helping out. So nothing really too crazy. Even their three-point percentage, they're only shooting 20. They're 21st in the league in three-point percentage, which you wouldn't think that from the Hawks with Trey. I mean, we know Trey Young loves to kind of just heave up threes and he makes a lot of them, but um, you know, it's really their defense that's been that's been impressive. They don't need to do anything crazy. That that huge jump, as we can see, um, is what helps teams win a lot of games uh, we saw it with the Raptors last year they didn't really have anybody too flashy but they gave up the least amount of points in the league and they were able to potentially almost make a, a Eastern Conference Finals another yeah. NBA Finals run so um, that defense on the Hawks is really just improved maybe it's another year of maturity for all of those guys and, and having guys like Capella who are who are pretty solid defenders and John Collins but they've been they've been doing pretty well they're gonna potentially you know get get into that top six because that's huge if you get into that top six this year you don't have to play a, a two out of three series yeah yeah no that that'd be huge to get that top six i don't know how exactly i don't have they really released what was going on um because my my assumption was if you're not so if you're so far behind on the eighth seed there's no point of even allowing like 10 games behind because you know 72 okay. games and it's 82 that's what i'm thinking yeah. but I, I haven't really seen anything exactly they what they're gonna do yeah they haven't really announced too much like they don't even know what this because i think they even said like games that have been postponed in the first half like the celtics had a few games postponed i know they are playing them in the first half still they're not pushing it out to the second half yeah. So I don't even know if the NBA is too sure what they're going to be doing, but yeah, yeah, um, which was smart. That make, that, yeah, and that would make. I mean, yeah, they they they're not jumping to conclusions, which is good too, because you never know what happens. Hopefully, it's it's starting to look better, but who knows? Yeah, yeah I I think I put my blinders on the Hawks mainly because when they came to Utah, we just kind of destroyed them. Um, we only held uh, Trey Young only scored four points against of us on like one of wow. eleven shooting. Oh, so geez, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, they even make a three point the whole game. So I think I turned my wow. blinder on them when I saw them higher up in the ranks. But that's again me kind of being biased and need to yeah, open my eyes and, a little bit more. And and they're a young team too. Like they, I just looking at kind of how like I think at one point they were five and two, and then all of a sudden they're five and seven, and then mm-hmm. they're like nine and six. So like they're one of those like spurtability teams, yeah. and they'll kind of come at you so who knows if they get into the playoffs and they get hot but it's the yeah. nba it doesn't seem like that happens too often yeah we must have hit them in that that little slump that they had maybe a yeah bit ago. so yeah we can go into the the western conference now surprises my number five right now is the sun's rise and then fall um i know Devin brooker's out i believe um but then again the last two years they did that i think one of the years they started off super hot and then they just died uh, they died off um, and we didn't see hear much about them. I didn't expect that from Chris Paul. I thought he was going to really take that, take that out of them, you know, starting hot. And then how do we continue this success and what we need to do to con- continue to have our success and to what do you call a uh, defer, what defenses are going to now try to go against them. Um, so that's surprising to see them fall again. Um, I know Chris Paul's kind of upset lately, Uh any takes on so far i know they started off really good but it's happened yeah. in the last few so years so i had i had the suns again as one of my surprise team i thought they were going to be in that playing round um and they started out very hot i don't know if it's covid that's kind of gotten to them it's really their defense yeah. and their their ability to win close games or blow close games again i don't stay up too late and watch too many games out west yeah. like i did you know stay up last night and watch that jazz 
outpouring, but um, <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, I think, I think it's, it's going to come down to Chris Paul being able to lead them. I know Booker also too, it maybe had like a little bit of a hamstring issue. Yeah. So, I know it was an injury. It wasn't due to COVID, but I know they've had COVID running through there. Yeah. So yeah, they had a few games postponed as well. So I think it's, it's, if they can figure out that defense that we're giving up, you know, 40% from, from three, you can't really be doing that no matter how good your offense is and, and blowing games. I knew they blew a game late to Memphis. So, um, you know, I, I like watching them. They're an entertaining team to watch when they are on, but they need to, they need to figure out that defense because the offense can only get you so far. Kind of like we were talking about with the Hawks young team, but they kind of started to figure it out on defense where that's something that the Suns need to take note of and do as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Take note. Um, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead with the, one of your other surprises. So I actually didn't come prepared with any Western surprises. Okay. I thought I was strictly East, so that's my bad. Oh, okay. Um, no, no. I probably, uh, I probably have a few. I could, I could go if you wanted to. Yeah, I can continue. And if you think of something, go ahead. Go and, for it. Yeah. Throw it in. My number four is San Antonio's early success. Yes, they have Pop Popovich. You know. Um, and they also beat the red hot, red hot nuggets last night. Um, I think they, the nuggets came in with a five game winning streak. I was actually excited to like have our 11 streak go against their six, but the Spurs beat them. Um, so again, I, I don't, I, again, I haven't really looked into their stats or whatnot and, uh, what players are really contributing for them, but just seeing them so far up in the standing so far early into the season and beating good teams on the top of that, like it's understandable if they're, you know, beating the bottom of the barrel, but they, they beat the, the, the nuggets who are really hot they, lately. And they beat the Celtics the other day too. Yeah. Um, on Wednesday with the Celtics had their big three Kemba Jalen and Jason Tatum. That was the first game they actually all played together all year. Um, and the Spurs, the Spurs ruined that. They went on a huge, huge, and, and part of it was the Celtics lack of effort. But at the end of the second quarter, they went on a 29-6 run. The Celtics were up by nine. All of a sudden, they were down by 17. It was, it was not pretty. The Celtics came back and actually took the lead going into the going into the fourth, and then ended up just giving it away at the end in, yeah. in typical Celtics fashion. But um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, they they. I mean, DeRozan looks really good. They they have guys who can hit threes. Aldridge actually had a sharp game, which you don't see too much from him um, given his age and everything, but it was, yeah. it was a tough game to watch the Celtics fan, but it was very, very impressive for, for the Spurs. And then, like you said, last night, they, they had a really good game as well. Yeah. Um, the number three for me was Dallas early struggles. Um, that was going to be my, that was yeah. going to be mine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. They, they caught us hot the last two games. Uh, their team is finally at full strength with Porzingis back. Um, but I was really expecting a close matchup these last two games. I know they've had uh, kind of a not inconsistency as far as having their lineup goes. But, you know, we played them last year. We did sweep them last year, 3-0, and but they're all pretty close games. And I was expecting a lot, you know, a bigger step up from Luca. I know he did great the last two games, but he was just a little bit more dominant those first or the last year's three games. Um, but last night's game, you saw it that first quarter they looked trash i mean i'd yeah. never say that about a team because i know every team's gonna have their struggles but that was beyond struggles like at one point the dallas player just clearly throws it to a jazz player and turns it over uh going up on a on a fast break and just they could have had two points right there but instead they threw it right to a jazz player for i don't know why 
And um, that's when I wrote down that they're playing like absolute garbage this game. Uh, they did step it up the final three quarters, especially in the second and fourth quarter, coming back into the game a little bit. But then again, on the third quarter, they looked pretty uh, awful. So that's one of my surprises so far is just Luca and his dominance and not being able to carry the team as much as he did last year. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, it just, it looks tough. He He's, you know, not shooting great from three. His three-point percentage is under 30% for a yeah. guy who takes that many threes. I don't know. I mean, I know Seth Curry's not like an MVP candidate by any means, but I don't know if losing him maybe maybe affected that. The other guy to spread the floor, you see what he's doing up in Philly. So Yeah, he was um, the most jo- efficient three-point shooter last year, right? Yeah, yeah. Dallas, but he's not and, he's not pushing forward to the 76ers. But I, I, yeah, that could be another reason why. Exactly. And, and Josh Richardson too, also shooting below 30% from three, which I think they were kind of, not that they were expecting him to be as lights out as, as Curry, obviously, but like mm-hmm. still they were expecting a little bit more of that. He's, you know, 12 points a game isn't terrible, but it's, it's not great. Thing is Richardson is still shooting uh, over 50% or 48% from the field, given that low three point percentage. So yeah. He's still he's still doing something, and Luca's still shooting over fifty percent as well overall. It's just from three, and we, as we know, especially the West, it's a, it's a three point barrage out there yeah. with with three teams like the Clippers. Yeah, so we just have more Clippers land to spread out. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's more spread out out west. Yeah, yeah. So now that makes sense. Yeah. Um, then my next one is uh, Golden State and the the play of Seth Curry. Not, uh, talking about his brother just now, uh, but with Steph Curry. Uh, I didn't think that I was going to, I didn't put them in playoff contention at all. I think my overall rating with them was uh, I had them at 12 for the West, not overall. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I, with Thompson, I just didn't see, you know, Kelly O'Brick, you know, you know, uh, I didn't really see how much they're going to improve without Thompson. I, I didn't even think they're going to be anywhere near the top four with Thompson. Now you lose him. I, I didn't really expect that much. He they did start off very bad as well. They st- uh, they lost to the Nets in the first game in the series. Your guys's first podcast, um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but he's really stepped up. I think he really took those criticisms to heart and really wanted to show everybody that hey, I'm I'm still really good. And I don't think there was a doubt. I think just people were just hating the hate, which is unfair at sometimes. But yeah, it, it's just surprising to see how he's turned around from that slow start struggle to I. I definitely coaching up the those younger players and mentoring them just like Chris Ball has been doing with the Thunder and now with the Suns yeah and uh kind of to go off that too yeah I think they and they lost their second game to Milwaukee on Christmas which was tough but yeah yeah you're right Steph Curry is showing why he was an MVP candidate you know a couple years back he's still great um Oubre is finally figuring out how he was really low in terms of like shooting percentage things like that like I think at one point he was shooting under 20 percent yeah he's like the worst three-point shooter or something like that yeah he was he was bad so they're starting to figure it out which is good um for them at least for their I don't think the hate came off of losing to the the Nets and losing to the uh the Bucks, the Bucks it, yeah. it, it came off of after they lost an easy opponent or should have been the easy opponent. They they turn around and beat the Bulls, then they beat the Pistons, and then they lost to the Trailblazers. But the Trailblazers, you know, are supposed to be a really good team. They're so they haven't fun. really lost to any bad team. They've lost to the Clippers. They've lost to Pacers, who have been pretty good. Pretty solid, yeah. Um, Nuggets during their five game winning streak. So I mean. 
I don't get I don't get the criticism he got so early because yeah. he was losing to very good teams. Yeah, I think I, and yeah, and um, being out here in the East, we don't hear too much criticism on the Warriors anymore. I know how yeah. quickly times can change. A couple of years ago, everyone wanted them to lose out here just because we were tired of seeing them. <laughs> but um, but I think it just kind of shows. And I, I think in my preseason rankings, I didn't have them. I, we didn't talk about it on our podcast. And my power rankings, I did do one through 30. I'm looking at it now. I did have them at 17th overall. Mm-hmm. So I had them kind of right in the midst of like an 8, 9, 10 seed. Yeah. So I thought they would get in. So they're kind of showing that that's probably what they're going to end up being. They're going to be around a 500 team, maybe get their way into the playoffs, maybe win the play-in series and and maybe even you know you never know have a good battle with the jazz or the clippers or the lakers um yeah. or the nuggets so you never know but um it, yeah, it is with, tough it is tough with clay with steph curry it's it's always a threat you know yeah to I mean, yeah they didn't you, have them all last year so yeah you get them hot you never know so and yeah. wiseman's been good for them too wiseman has been he's a rookie of the year candidate at least at one point he was yeah and i think right now it's uh uh the 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 good ball brother lamello lamello yeah that, that's the, probably the favorite right but i know i know after like five games everyone's like oh wiseman and you know i mean yeah. he's still solid still still having a good rookie year for him yeah and then my my number one surprise was new orleans okay um yes they lost they lost drew holiday uh that was kind of expected anyways but mm-hmm. i thought with ingram zion uh steven adams uh they would be a lot better than they are right now i think i had them uh at number i think not eight yeah and a number eight and coming into the playoffs i think they were robbed last year uh because going into the team or because the final part of the the regular schedule not going into the bubble the pelicans had the easiest absolute easiest schedule and they're they're just behind the grizzlies and the grizzlies had the hardest nba schedule for like the final 20 games i'm like the pelicans are going to get in and then the bubble happens. They play only eight games. They're already, what, five games behind. So they mm-hmm. didn't have much ground to lose. And yeah. now they had to do this struggle, re- refine our chemistry thing. And they were kind of, I thought they were screwed last year. They got <laughs> screwed out the playoffs. But, I mean, yeah. they didn't show up. That's on them in the very end. Just like the Jazz not having bogey. We were up three to one. We could have won two of those games. We didn't. We we blew a 3-1 lead. I can be, you know, just as critical to, cool to our team, but that's yeah. that's a big surprise it's just how poorly the pelicans are doing right now yeah um and i actually did draw two other surprises that i had just actually that i did have written down but to go off the pelicans i think it's um i think it's you're, you're kind of spot on there they have been kind of rough and they have they have good pieces adams ingram zion's actually been playing really well he's in the top half of the league in player efficiency rating you know no, i love that i love that stat for some reason so yeah. zion's been good i think he's been proven on some people wrong i know a lot of people too i think zion gets kind of like the lebron effect like espn platforms just just keep talking about him and people just want to see him do bad which is kind of unfortunate um for his sake but yeah i think they're like the number three team with the most televised games yeah and the jazz only have three for the first half of the season yeah it's wild and they're not a big market team like i know the jazz aren't a huge market team but neither neither is new orleans it is at zion poll though yeah yeah it's, so. it's the same kind of too like we're talking about Lamelo. i think people like when they get these overhyped guys once they start not even playing poorly but everyone's just a critic and, and skeptical of them which is unfortunate because it's not their fault they're just playing basketball and yeah. and you know if people give them 
credit people give them credit but i actually did have two players i did want to talk about in the west i know i don't pay too much attention to the west but um i think i talked about it maybe episode three or four for us christian wood having a huge year in houston huge year (laughs) i think he could be a perennial all-star out there 23 points a game shooting uh you know shooting over 50 percent from from the field doesn't shoot too many three-pointers but he's doing it on 17 field goal attempts too so it's not in the past he only had one year where he ever had double digit field goal attempts um you know average so um huge year for him he's kind of carrying that rockets team not that they're gonna make a huge playoff run but i think right now they're like eight and nine or nine and ten yeah they're they're in the mix yeah they're in the mix so and that's with giving up their best player so they they kind of have been a a nice surprise too i mean john wall boogie cousins um you know they're playing playing pretty good boogie's playing pretty solid john wall's starting to get back to speed so all the depot out of the trades all the depot exactly that was pretty big it's they so they have they have some guys i don't i don't know if obviously if they're going to make a run or if they're going to get their way in. And they have a new coach too. So he's, he's yeah. definitely, you know, coaching with something to prove. Um, yeah. But Christian Wood's been probably their MVP, I would say. Um, yeah. Undrafted. Look, looking at the stats. Yeah. Undrafted. And it's wild to think he was a free agent this year. Any, any team really could have had him. I know the Celtics were rumored on in on him. There was the Pistons were thinking about re-signing him. So, and yeah. he was out there. I mean, I know free agency was a little bit unique this year, but yeah, and, um, shorter. <laughs> yeah, and shorter, but I mean, any team for, for weeks, he was out there um, really for any team to, to take. And I don't think the Rockets gave him, I mean, the NBA contracts are weird, but I want to say maybe it was like a three year, $45 million deal or something like that. It wasn't anything like wild or, or crazy like yeah no it wasn't playing. like a huge contract yeah, yeah. and he's yeah. playing out of his mind right now so i just wanted to throw that out there that the rockets and then one other uh not really even surprise but just mvp candidate and maybe surprise to some people is Jokic nikola Jokic. Yeah. i know you don't like the nuggets <laughs> no i don't like the nuggets but, <laughs> but I, he, he is yeah. yeah 20 i mean career high in points a game and that's with him averaging you know career high in rebounds career high in assists per game mm-hmm. I, I mean he's another mvp front runner if if the nuggets start you know winning games jamal murray struggled really earlier in the year i think that's why the nuggets didn't play as well a lot of people were expecting after the playoffs last year murray to to step up and kind of be that number two option yeah. he wasn't necessarily doing that um in the denver games that i did watch but Jokic is playing out of his mind i mean he's shooting shooting almost 57 percent from the from the field and that's on um you know that's on 17 shots a game similar stats to wood he's still shooting you know three three pointers three or four three pointers a game so to be shooting that high from the field for, for a guy like that, 83% from the line, you know, just firing on all cylinders, playing, playing out of his mind and keeping the nut, really keeping the nuggets in it. It seems like. No, he's a, he's a very hard worker. He's a, a he's a funny, but humble guy at the <laughs> yeah. same time. Um, he, he has improved every single year, especially being close to Denver uh, these last five years, just watching him grow from a second mm-hmm. round draft to what he is right now. Um, after a lot of the criticism from the Nuggets from giving up Rudy Gobert and the Donovan Mitchell to the Jazz, trading them to him on draft day and watching Jokic grow up really, I think, saved the franchise as far <laughs> as ridicule goes. But I mean, yeah, I, I don't like the Nuggets mainly because they're a rival, but I actually don't mind the Nuggets overall because of their players and their playing style. And they're like a Jazz a mini we call them a mini jazz because at one point I think they had like six jazz players of previous mm-hmm. jazz players on the roster. Yeah. They still have Paul Millsap, of course, mm-hmm. but um, 
that's the main reason. They also store uniforms too, if you <laughs> noticed. So that's why we like them. Is like, oh yeah, their 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 new city uniform is our our city uniforms that we were using last year. Really, and we change it to the Ooh. dark ones. But gotcha. yeah, so we all made fun of them. It's like stop copying what we're doing, <laughs> you know. But yeah. oh, I mean, the the main thing I just don't like about the Nuggets is just their fans, their little rap, rap their online fans. Because when I go to the games. Like whenever I went to the game, I I had probably the black the biggest blast going to the NBA games because we joyfully bantered against each other, but there's no real am animosity against each other. We didn't really mm. truly hate each other. We were just giving each other crap all game. Yeah, and you know it, it's pretty fun. But um, overall, yeah, Jokic, man, he is he is very he, every single year he's improving, he's improving, and he's he's definitely a threat on that team that the Jazz, the Rudy Gobert's. Uh, he can't seem to stop him. He's like the only no. player that Rudy does, doesn't really do well against. Yeah, so. and it's it's wild to think this is Jokic's sixth year in the NBA. Yeah, I didn't realize he'd been around that long, and he's only 25. So, yeah, he's still he's still maybe not even hit his prime yet. I know LeBron really started to hit it when he was 28, 29, 30. Once he started winning championships in Miami, so yeah, you never he, know with Jokic. I mean, LeBron's still in his prime right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, LeBron's LeBron, but. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess that goes with our uh, surprises on the Eastern and Western. Uh, we're going to get into what I want to call uh, the Celtic pride part of our <laughs> podcast. If those youngins who don't listen to or who listen to this podcast don't know what Celtic pride is, it's an old, old movie. Uh, basically, I, I why do I keep up for you? Uh, pride i'm gonna google it right now i think it's uh in the 96 yeah late late 90s 96 and yeah i was born in 96 just just as a disclosure <laughs> <laughs> but so, i have seen the movie <laughs> yeah uh and it just basically goes between the the jazz and the celtics going into the finals the jazz have this uh a great uh great like lebron type player on their team who was number two so maybe that's why joe ingles chose number two but uh and the Celtics are afraid that, you know, they're going to lose to them in the finals. So these super fans kidnap him, he gets out and then he threatens that if he, if they don't cheer for him, these final, I think two games in Boston to win the championship, then he's going to rat them out to authorities. And then it turns these Celtics fans kind of into like secret jazz fans, because at first they're doing it out of spite. Then after a while, they like start liking him because they're cheering for him. Um, and so, yeah. It was the only movie where the Jazz won the championships. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's true in Boston too, of all Boston, places. Boston, yeah. But um, yeah, so the Celtic Pride part is this podcast. You're going to go over what you've seen through the Celtics so far. I haven't honestly watched any games so far. I'm sorry. That's fine. I've only seen <laughs> the only Jazz games I've seen are the I think I saw the one on TNT and the what last week week and a half ago and then the one last night and then i've stayed up for i've seen you know highlights obviously here and there but nothing too nothing too crazy on the jazz yeah yeah so if you want to go ahead lead away on what you've seen so far on your celtics team yeah so celtics for those who don't know are sitting at 10 and 7 right now kind of you know when when you look at it the, the big picture you can say you expected it especially with tatum being out for two weeks due to covid kemba walker first game was last Sunday and then he didn't even play the day after just because they didn't want to play him back. He's only played a two game or two game. No, five games this year. Okay. So given, given the COVID that they, the, the COVID situation, 10 and seven, isn't terrible. I think their fourth win percentage wise is weird just because teams have played so many different games, but they're mm -hmm. about fourth in the East. They actually have a game primetime game with the Lakers tonight. If you want to check it out, eight yeah, or eight thirty Eastern on ABC. So 
um, you know, here. Yeah. 630, 630 Mountain West time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they, they've been really, you know, they, they've been kind of, kind of on average. If you were to ask me where they'd be, I'd kind of expect around here. The biggest surprise, and I didn't put him as a Eastern Conference surprise, but I would have if I wasn't going to talk about him now, was Jalen Brown is mm-hmm. playing absolutely out of his mind. Um, a lot of people were very skeptical here when they drafted him. The Boston market's a very tough market to play in. And when the Celtics used, it was one of the, the picks that they got from that Nets trade when they traded Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett back in 2013. And everyone's like, Jalen, who the heck is Jalen Brown? He has been just playing absolutely out of his mind. I, I want to find the stats in front of me. I know he's averaging about 27 points a game, um, 27.1 points a game shooting, uh, let's see, 52% from the field, uh, five, five rebounds, three assists, but just kind of what he's doing, the, the stats I don't think tell at all with him. He's playing well into the defensive end. He's mm-hmm. scoring. I mean, that, like I said, in that Knicks game, the Celtics scored 75 points, and he had like 35 of them. He's just hitting clutch shots. He's playing defense on teams, best or second best offensive player. Um, a lot of people are voting him into the all-star game as a starter. I know he's definitely should be an all-star, but to be considered a starter in the, in the, you know, between Beal, Kyrie, Harding, guys like that is, is huge for him. So I hope he continues to keep it up. I love the guy too, for, for a lot of you who don't know too, he, you know, was very big last year in the bubble with, with the activism and and the ending racism. He was huge in that, um, during quarantine, he drove down to his home state of Georgia I went to protest there. So he's just, he's just a really good guy um, overall too. So I like to see guys like guys like that homegrown guys really mm-hmm. improve. So he's really been the team MVP could make a potential case. He probably wouldn't behind Durant, uh, Giannis and, and Embiid, but could potentially be a, a dark horse MVP candidate as well. Um, so there's my, there's my Jalen appreciation. No, like um, last year when, when oh, yeah. uh, you guys got Kemba Walker, I thought like, okay, you guys are, I think you finally found a point guard. That's actually going to be a point guard in your team very, <laughs> instead of very, yeah. uh, point me, you know, but, uh, <laughs> then, I, then I saw Jalen Brown play last year. I mean, I thought I was pretty impressed with him last year. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. uh, I did think that, that this guy's going to give Kemba Walker a run for his money for the starting position. Yeah. Um, Cause he's point guard, right? If I'm, uh, he is, he is actually yeah. a shooting guard. Um, he's okay. about six, 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 seven. So oh, I think when okay. they actually first drafted him, he was actually listed at the forward just cause he's, he's lengthy. Like he has a very big wingspan, lengthy guy. Um, okay. but now they've kind of transitioned to more the guard, but the Celtics play more of a small ball rotation. Their center. Well, maybe it was Marcus smart. I was thinking smart, like, smart is um, give Marcus smart smart's like, money. exactly smart and smart was drafted as a point guard. He's kind of more transitioned into a shooting yeah. guard role, but he, he, he can run the point still. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's always, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not too surprised he's doing so well because I do remember him uh, watching him play some games last year and saying, this mm-hmm. guy's going to be a big deal. You guys definitely got to see all of Jason Tatum. Everybody yeah. loves him here because uh, uh, just with his relationship with Donovan Mitchell, they have yeah, a really they're, strong they're boys. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they were always posting videos and stuff together in the bubble. Yeah. And and Tatum still is having a great year, 26. And he's, him and, him and Brown are having huge years. I know Tatum missed a few games with COVID, but. 26 and a half points a game for, for Tatum. Uh, yeah. And, you know, shooting lights out, playing better yeah. defense, driving to the hoop too. I think that that's a big thing. Marcus smart too. 
um, for those Celtics fans, if there's any listening, um, <laughs> Smart just heaves up threes. At least he was doing that his first five, six years in the league. This year, he's getting to the hoop. He's a good free throw shooter. He's shooting a lot of free throws. There's a lot of people in Boston who have been saying we should trade him and get more pieces when the Harden trade came up. You know, he was rumored a lot too. He's been on NBA all defense the last two years. He's showing again this year. He'll probably be up there as well. So, um, you know, I think this team just needs to kind of gel a little bit better together. Kemba needs to get kind of back into the swing of things. Uh, Peyton Pritchard, a rookie. I don't know if you're too familiar with Peyton Pritchard. No. Um, he's at, he's at, he came out of Oregon, actually. Is Pritchard, um, I thought it's, I, I, actually, I do recognize the name, like, mm-hmm. on, on tape, but I thought it was Picard, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eh, it kind of looks like it, but he he had it. He was having a great run. He got hurt in one of those Philly games, so he, thankfully it was only, like, a knee sprain or MCL sprain. It wasn't, okay. they thought maybe it was a torn ACL when it first happened, mm-hmm. um, but he had been having a really good year. He had a buzzer beater against the Heat really good three-point shooter, really good defensive player. Him and Smart on the defensive end were crazy good. So um, I think once they can kind of get back, get healthy, hopefully you see Tristan Thompson get back in the swing of things. His defense has been a little eh um, so far. And that's really why they got him, because they had Ennis Cantor um, last year, and Ennis Cantor was more of an offensive guy. And I think they realized they they needed more help on the defensive end. And Thompson hasn't been really that guy. Jeff Teague, former all-star not hasn't been really a good backup point guard. So once Pritchard gets back, I think he'll jump into that backup point guard role behind Kemba. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful they can get to the finals. They've been to the Eastern conference finals three of the last four years, but the East is no longer a cakewalk. Like kind of no, like it used no, to be when, when it was LeBron and Cleveland, it's, it's so competitive. So it's going to be tough. Do I think they need to make a move? Yes. Do I want them to trade a guy like Marcus smart or Daniel Tice? No, but yeah, it might need to if they want to get like a, like Vucevic has been rumored out there. If, if we got Vucevic, yeah, with him, Jalen, that, they can keep. It. Yeah, especially I mean, obviously, if, if if we lose Smart, I get it, but it it would be it would be very helpful to have a guy like that to be able to defend the Embiid's and the the Jared Allen's and the Andre Drummonds of the Eastern Conference. So we'll see what happens. I, I know they they end up breaking my heart every year some way and playoffs but i'm I'm, I'm hoping you got 17 rings right i mean true i was only alive for one of them so that's true too i know boston we've been we've been spoiled though here i will say um between the the patriots red Sox, the bruins i I mean i've seen all four teams win of mine so yeah i I tell you i love i love what they did on your guys's court they they lowered those banners so they're right on the side and that's intimate that's just as intimidating (laughs) as having fans in there you know all these championship banners just around the court yeah Yeah, that that was a very smart idea their jerseys are ugly as trash their city ones but i mean i I don't i don't want i like the ones last year like the gold ones they had Mm -hmm. it was like green and gold i don't know the the one this year basically yeah those ones were nice i like the black ones um Mm -hmm. I've been say, I had been saying in 2K, and then I was in like, you know, when, once you can start creating uniforms, maybe it was like 2K14, I started creating black Celtics uniforms. I'm like, they should do this. And yeah. then they finally decided to do it. I don't, I don't like the new ones. I think they're trying to like copy the banner or whatever, but yeah. like. It doesn't yeah. help that the Lakers beat you guys out on the most rings. So it's. Yeah. Or they're, they're tied now. Oh, they're tied. That's they're tied. But so. who knows this year? Yeah. Because I, I think these city jerseys are like a year or two in advance for improvement. So. Improvement, uh, gotcha. improvement. Okay. But, uh, so I think that was before the Lakers were got their 17th ring when they decided yeah. to do this. So it kind of made sense, but now with the Lakers tied, it's it's kind of like a 
they look at us we have 17 rings too but yeah no uh i do like the jerseys for the history aspect other than that they look they look pretty ugly but <laughs> yeah I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of them i like the black ones and yeah. the celtics have been a pretty traditional team too um with the, the green and green and white so I, i'm okay with those as well I, I don't have any issues with that yeah yeah i think my favorite one is the 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 forest green with the black letters i think those are my favorite those ones yeah those ones they haven't worn those ones since like the the yeah. paul pierce kg days which I, I like those my first celtics jersey actually i got a, i got a rondo one back in yeah. his back in his prime and it was the black black letters on, on the forest screen i really like that one and then they kind of just discontinued it and they've tried a few things now i have i do under this i'm wearing my kemba walker black yeah. jersey and new englanders love kemba walker he did play uh, as college ball here at uconn i was a huge kemba mm. fan there i thought fo- i did follow him in charlotte even though charlotte was you know don't want to say they were trash but <laughs> three playoff wins in his tenure isn't isn't anything really to write home about so yeah. um and i i hope he kind of figures it out here he's kind of been under under some ridicule didn't have a really good series against toronto or miami last year so hopefully he comes back from injury strong, but it's nice too, that he's kind of their third option now, given his knee problems, you know, he doesn't have to be the guy. They, they have two guys above him who, you know, are, are young, superstar, young rising stars um, in this yeah. league. So hopefully they, they can kind of click and, and Tatum and, and Brown can hopefully carry them. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully to an Eastern conference title one of these years. And <laughs> yeah. I'm saying Eastern conference, it's, I'm not even expecting them to win. Yeah. I'm yeah. not even expecting them to win it. It's just, they've been there three of the last four years, especially last year was the toughest just because they were favored over Miami. Those, those yeah. two years they played Cleveland. They weren't, they weren't favored. One of those years was the year Kyrie and uh, Gordon Hayward were both hurt and they still four seven games with a rookie Jason Tatum, second year Jalen Brown. Um, and they still were able to force seven games. So like those ones were kind of, eh. this last year was, painful yeah yeah for they sure. had so many leads and just couldn't hold on to it yeah i was i was definitely rooting for them uh, as i told you before the boston celtics are my favorite eastern conference team even though you stole gordon hayward from us i <laughs> forgave you guys and but because yeah. i can see why you took the guy um yeah more mad at more mad at gordon hayward than i am at you guys but i, mm-hmm. I can also see it but um yeah uh Boston has definitely been always my my favorite team. Maybe it's because of that Celtics pride movie of always just liking both teams. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah. So um do you have anything else on the Celtics you like to talk about? No, I, I think I took up enough time with Celtics talk. I just think, you know, it'll be interesting. And if you're if you're a West Coast person, jazz fan listening to this, I'd say definitely watch a game. Um if you can catch tonight's game, it's it's or I don't know if this will be up before tonight's game, but yeah, it should. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. It, it'll be, it'll be interesting. It's, it, they're a fun team to watch. They're young. They have explosive guys. Um, their bench players, their role players can be fun to watch. Cause it seems like the games they win. One of their role players also has a huge game too. Um, and they're so, playing the Lakers too. And they are playing the Lakers. Wants to get, to get one more, you know, I was going to say, you, you must yeah. be rooting for rooting oh, for, yeah. uh, rooting for the Celtics tonight, just yeah. so the Lakers lost two in a row so um and AD still might be out so that would help us if AD is still out yeah well okay well we'll get into the jazz portion I'm going to start off about pretty much the overall stats what I've seen um and so far uh the biggest takeaways this uh season so far for the Utah Jazz then I'm going to get into the ABC note of the first quarter of the season might surprise you for some people who don't actually watch jazz games and some that do that just look at the stats at the end of the game and don't really watch the games so let's get into it so the jazz overall stats I really only kept what they're the, the top 10 as far as goes 
Uh, points per game, they're at number 10 right now, which is a vast improvement from last year. Uh, the blocks per game, they're at number five. Thanks for, uh, we'll talk about it, Rudy Gobert, of course. Um, and also some guard defense, uh, guard blocks from O'Neal. Well, he's really a forward. Uh, O'Neal, Mitchell, Conley, Clarkson, they keep on getting some blocks per game, so that really helps out as well. They're number three on defense overall so far, and they are number one in rebounds per game. There has been only one game so far this season that the Jazz have uh, been beat out by rebounding, and that was to the Denver Nuggets and Jokic. Uh, so mad respect on that one. Um, and then three-point maids is probably the season uh, note so far. Uh, as we all know from if you listen to the Jazz broadcasting system, not to the national because they don't know what the Jazz really do because they don't care until the day before uh, <laughs> of what the Jazz are doing. Uh, the green light's on for three-pointers. And and I said that last year during the the, uh, the podcast in last season. Why are we not taking so more threes? We're just It seems like we're at points where you're getting wide open threes, especially from O'Neal. He'd be right open, won the highest three-pointed percentage last year, and he wouldn't take it. So this year, for sure, the, the three-pointers are wide open. They have number one three-point made in the league, and they're also, I think, they're number three as attempts. So that's pretty big. Um, they're number two in three-point percentage right behind, I believe, the Clippers. And, yeah. um, but to me, they're overall number one, just because of the amount that they're making and they still have a pretty high percentage as well. Um, the big takeaway as far as stats go is they're 24th in free throw percentage before last game or last night's game. They're actually 29th. What happened? They had 24, 26 last night. And you probably saw that with Rudy Gobert getting seven of eight and he's our worst free throw percentage shooter. He comes in right now at 54%. I think before that, that he was at like 49 or something without Rudy Gobert shooting up the three or fourth free throws, the jazz would be number seven in free throws. So the big takeaway from that is we're going to get into it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the biggest takeaway from last season is jazz's perimeter defense has vastly improved forcing teams to attack the paint more with Rudy Gobert inside. So uh, the, the perimeter defense has been so such a great asset to the team so far that teams are deciding to take their chance. I mean, we saw it last night with Dallas Maverick. They started atrocious on the three-point line and they're just attacking. And that was the only thing that was working. And sometimes it's unfair to Rudy Gobert to have to guard three players at once, which he was doing at sometimes inside the paint and they're going to get the basket in. So the Jazz did a really good adjustment in that second half, making sure that he does have help on the weak side whenever people were driving in at the same time. It's kind of from what I noticed there was a paint drive or the, the point drive and then the flank drives at the same time. And whoever was open at the time, the point, if Rudy cheated up to the, the point driver, he'd kick it out right behind us. Usually Luca, of course, but so that's kind of like the big takeaway for defense. I mean, we weren't that good last year in perimeter defense at all because uh, nobody wanted to come in and contest Rudy Gobert. <laughs> so um, even though the Jazz are the best three-point sh shooting team, they're still getting only like 20% of their shots contested on the three-point line. That's like the third best as far as the whole conference goes. Uh, so they're getting their wide open shots and they're, they're distributing the ball. Well, they're making that extra one, two, and even three passes. I think the game before the one that you didn't see, there's that third pass and the next player was six steps over around because they put the blender on so well. 
And um, speaking of passing, uh, they kind of took the Soviet Union's hockey coach, Antony Tarasov's philosophy. I don't know if you know much about that. Um, I know a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> I don't revolutionized the, the hockey game because mm-hmm. before then it was passed to the open player. He revolutionized it by saying the player needs to go where the puck is going to be or vice versa. The puck is going to be where the player is supposed to be. So he's, they're leading passes just like in football where a really good po- quarterback is going to throw exactly where that wide receiver is supposed to be. And they're in sync. If you, if you watch some of the jazz, uh, of course you probably didn't realize that because I didn't tell you to look at it yeah. <laughs> yeah. next, next uh, jazz game for those listening. And, and as you as well, if you want to, and they're still doing this great passing distribution, just watch that a lot of the times the ball is getting thrown before the player even reads the spots that the ball goes to. So I don't know. It's just a guess from me, especially with uh, Quinn Snyder having his coaching ties in Russia. So maybe he took that as an event. Uh, it was kind of just a, a eye opener for me. Um, yeah. But as far as the free throw goes with a team that's scoring number one in three pointers, you ain't going to get fouled that much in the three point line. Your best shooters, Conley, Mitchell, uh, O'Neal, Ingles at the free throw line aren't going to get, you know, at the free throw lines if they continue to dagger it at the three-point line. Rudy Gobert is the one who keeps on getting fouled on the inside, and he's the one taking most of the free throw shots. He has 100 so far. He has a quarter of the free throw shots so far of all the Jazz. So if that takes into attribution of exactly what's going on with the free throw game. I think that's the biggest criticism that I've heard from the jazz so far is we're a bad free throw team. We're really not as long as Rudy doesn't shoot. I think there's one yeah. game we had like 24 or 25 and Rudy didn't have a free throw that whole wow. game. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then let's get into the final notes. Do you have anything you want to add on to before on the final notes, uh, the top notes of the game so far that you've seen from the jazz this far uh, at this point of the season? No, you have it all covered. I only have seen two two jazz games start to finish. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I need to get better. I'm definitely going to be watching that Celtics game and keeping up tap. If if you know, if not, I'm definitely going to record it and watch it. Especially yeah. if, especially if the Lakers lose, I have to watch it and have my glee moments. Yeah, you know, true. <laughs> One thing I will say too, just it seems like uh, everyone forgets about Mike Conley, but he's just looking at the stats he looks like he's having a good year third, third on the team in player efficiency rating um and per too uh donovan mitchell's actually fifth on the team for those who don't follow the analytics which is kind of surprising clarkson's ahead of him um gobert ahead of hit is ahead of him and that's no knock at all on donovan mitchell it's just showing that that the jazz seem to be having kind of everybody contributing which is obviously probably the biggest key to to successful teams and and like i was saying earlier depth is important we saw it on the lakers we saw it on those warriors teams that that won the raptors team that won a few years ago so the jazz have the depth it looks like they have a few guys royce o'neill like you were saying joe Ingles broke the record last night uh the jazz record i did i did take note on that (laughs) um but um it is i mean it looks like they're just they're just just like i said looking at the stats and watching a few games it just looks like everybody is firing on all cylinders right now which is which is good for them and yeah. could lead them to hopefully playoff series wins yeah and it's definitely that blender that they turned on so uh pretty much we're going to get into our notes of the season i'm not going to do the f note which is like the worst player so far because overall it's kind of unfair to do especially with uh george yang he had a lot of f notes at the beginning because he was struggling and then uh 
the last 10 games he's had or nine eight or nine games he's had a very good player efficiency and except for last night i think he was one for nine uh and then boyan bogdanovich is another one that is uh, you know uh he has his one hot game, one bad game, one hot game, one bad game. And at one point, I think he had like three good games in a row. And then he had a bad game, not last night, but the night before. Uh, and then last night, he turned it around, got five for five on the three-point line at the very end of the game or at, at the second half. So I'm not going to go over the F notes because those are the, kind of the two players who've got critiqued a lot. And it's not really fair to them because they have put their contributions into this uh, season so far. Um, so let's go into the top notes of the game. A, B, C. It's kind of like hockey. Three stars is the you know number one. A, A note is our number one. So C note so far is what you've talked about. Mike Conley. He has sixteen point eight points per game, six point one assists per game, three point eight rebounds per game, one point six steals, and point one uh, blocks per game. Um, and the biggest biggest news is he's number one in the entire league for plus minus margin. Wow. He is he's beaten out. Guess who number two is? Um, Jokic. Rudy Gobert is number two. Oh wow! Okay. He's beating him by fifty points, pretty much. And then number three is LeBron James, and uh, I think uh, Rudy. Last time I checked, he was twenty points ahead of him. So he's just blowing out everybody on the plus minus margin. I've said it in the fa- past few podcasts. It just seems like he's always number one in the plus minus. So that's a big takeaway for Conley is when he's on the court. He is really the general of the team. He is making sure that everybody is uh, where they should be on the offensive end as and on the defensive end as well as because he's been doing very well getting those 1.6 steals per game. And we're the third, I think we're like the last place team as far as steals go per game. Um, being all of the game will surprise a lot of people, especially people who don't know uh, or watch the games. But Don Vindovich was actually the being note of the first quarter of the season. Uh, he's still playing lights out, especially these last 10 games. The first eight, he was kind of struggling a lot. Um, he has missed the last two games as well as due to uh, concussion protocol. Um, 23.4 points per game, 4.9 assists per game, 4.4 rebounds per game, 0.7 steals, and 0.4. He's improved on everything, every single stat so far, except for points per game. He's a little bit down than what we're used to. Our A of the game is going to go, of course, to Rudy Gobert. 13.6 points per game, 14.1 rebounds per game, 1.4 assists per game, 2.7 blocks. He's number three, I believe, and 0.5 steals. So um, overall, just a very good start to the season. Of course, we can't really complain too much. I can complain if I want to, but I'm not going to because we've just been lately on fire. The only game that we have missed due to postponement is the Wizards game, and that was during our 11-game stretch. So with them playing so badly, we could be at 12 games right now. But who knows what could have happened if we went to the Wizards anyways. Some injury could have happened, so maybe it's a good thing we didn't go there. But other than that, is there anything you want to add on before we sign off? Uh, One thing I did want to say in my preseason predictions, um, Mm -hmm. this is before I I connected uh, with you, but – uh, I did have Rudy Gobert as my defensive player of the year. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, I'm liking that pick now. I think I, I had him as defensive player. I had Dame Lillard MVP just because I thought Portland might be up there this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Montrose Harrell, sixth man, Brad Stevens coach of the year. So I think right now my my best pick uh, is probably looking like that Rudy Gobert pick for my um, for my preseason like award predictions. Yeah, and uh, talking about those award predictions, uh, Jordan Clarkson right now is number one six man of the year award gotcha. so far, have, like a heavy favorite 
uh, because I think points per game, he's like three points per game in the, to the next person on coming off the bench. Yeah, he's averaging like 17 or something like that. And Jordan and mm-hmm. I actually talked about him on one of our, I think, two podcasts ago. We were talking about him just because, you know, he's not a he's not a household name. You don't hear about him too much. And we were kind of, again, looking at the stats. And we were like, Clarkson's having a, a pretty solid year. The Jazz have won six in a row. And he's like, at that time, he was the highest – uh, player on the jazz and player efficiency rating. He was ahead of Rudy Gobert, which is, yeah. is pretty impressive. Um, yeah. And he's, you know, we were watching some highlights and things like that. And he was kind of just seemed like he was everywhere. So um, looks like he's finally starting to kind of figure it out too, which, which is good, good for the jazz and good for him. Yeah. And, and another argument for a lot of jazz fans is saying that there's no way that Rudy Gobert is going to win defensive player of the year. And Jordan Clarkson is going to win the six man of the year. Don't don't listen to those lies because the NBA votes on how the how people actually played. We saw it last year. A lot of us thought that Rudy Gobert was going to win the Defensive Player of the Year because uh, uh, Giannis was going to pretty much be the clear MVP again. Mm-hmm. Um, because what people don't realize is they didn't go account the bubble games at all. They accounted only the the season right before we enter into the COVID lockdown so that all those votes were tallied in before we went in we saw Giannis win both awards which hardly ever happens I think it's only happened like two times before that and um it can happen with jazz players shoring up two awards and even with uh if if the jazz continue this Quinn Snyder is definitely going to be in talks for coach of the year um as well so absolutely um, players coaches deserve the awards that they get and um yeah again uh you weren't totally sleeping on the jazz especially after i found out you picked them 11th overall not 11th not 11th (laughs) no i i had them sixth in the west um just uh, i didn't think they made any major improvements from an east coast perspective but they didn't make any obviously downgradements and i i was just expecting teams like the mavericks and portland to step up which so far has been tough because the Mavericks haven't and Portland's been kind of dealing with the injury bug themselves. So, um, but the jazz are definitely deserving. I much rather see them win it than the Lakers, yeah. uh, than the Clippers. I mean, I guess the Clippers have never won, but I know the jazz have never won either, but, um, you know, in terms of my West coast teams, I, I do like the jazz. I like the Suns. I like Portland, um, Denver. I'm indifferent to the Clippers. I'm indifferent to they're really the only teams that I don't like. And I'm just saying this because I'm a Celtics fan. It's probably the Lakers, but, Um, I did have them in number two of my power rankings this year at the beginning of the year still. So, yeah. And and because they have LeBron and the Celtics LeBron rivalry will live on no matter where he plays. Yeah, for sure. And um, for you, where I was going to go with that. Uh, But anyways, but yeah, again, thanks for listening. Uh, Of course, check out uh, Jack and Jordan's podcast the hard hitting podcast um, or just hard hitting, not the, I'm the, uh, (laughs) so hard hitting podcast, definitely a good listen. Uh, I can steal you right now and say, give me your Super Bowl pick, but no, go listen to the podcast next (laughs) week. They're going to talk about their Super Bowl picks for next year. I'm going to already say what mine is because I'm not going to be on that podcast. It is the Kansas city chiefs mainly because I don't like Tom Brady, but he is the goat. I'll still admit it. (laughs) All right, I appreciate I appreciate that Jordan and I, I I won't I won't say it on here but uh, we do have we, each of us are picking one team or the other um, and for those of you at home I'm wearing a Patriots hat so I think you can assume the direction I'm going in yeah <laughs> but oh. thank you so much for having me too I, I really appreciate it. it's too bad Jordan couldn't be here I know I know he had to work today but hopefully next time we do this we can get him on or we definitely want to get you on at some point yeah um, for sure we're, we're, we're looking to do maybe um, like a mock all NBA draft of all time. 
Oh, okay. um, so I think you would be a good fit for that. seems like you have a good knowledge of basketball. So right. well, um, I think until I make it sometimes. No, I guess <laughs> I was going to say, you can take we're, we're not going to take any jazz players other than maybe Malone. So yeah, Stockton, come on. Number Stockton, one, true. number That's one true. steals. That's true. I mean, you can't, can't leave him hanging on. Everyone says, Oh, he had, he had Malone. Well, he wasn't stealing from Malone. You guys, That's true. So. <laughs> but yeah, thanks again for showing or, or not showing up. Of course, you showed up, but uh, thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah, again, for everybody out there, go Jazz. <laughs>